Hey, York Alliance. Welcome back to the York Alliance Daily for Thursday, October 5th. Hope you're doing well today as we uh, wrap up this podcast week and uh, continue on towards Jesus as we step into the uh, fall practice series and uh, really get moving on that uh, this weekend. Really looking forward to uh, kind of the part two of the uh, introductory message as we talk about the nature of the gospel. We talked last week about uh, the nature of what the gospel is. And uh, this week we'll talk a little bit about some of the false gospels that get in the way of us fully embracing uh, the, the heart of the gospel. And so that's where we're going to go. And then uh, from there, we'll start to lay out the ways that we enter into the practice of preaching the gospel uh, to the world around us. And so that's that's where we're headed for today. I want to talk a bit more about the nature of the kingdom. There were certain aspects of the kingdom that we got to press into, um, but there were certain aspects of the kingdom we really didn't get to press into uh, last Sunday. And I think it's really important for us to get our heads around uh, because as we think about the kingdom of God, for many of us, we think about a place that we would call heaven. And um, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we miss uh, both the nature of what heaven actually is and often uh, what it looks like for us to enter into the eternity that is now, the, uh, the kingdom of God that is uh, now and happening uh, right this very minute. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to lean uh, pretty heavily into a, a book that I thought has been uh, really helpful on this, a book uh, by John Ortberg called Eternity is Now in Session. I don't agree with everything that Ortberg says, and uh, there's some times that he leans, uh, uh, leans a little bit strongly into a, um, a, a sense of our role as we step into it, uh, as we step into eternity. But I would also say that this uh, kind of dichotomy that we have created between faith and works is probably also not helpful. I think that um, there is a, a need for faith that drives work. There's a, a need for work that uh, pushes our faith, and they're, they're really not acting in opposition to one another. So one of the, the, the critiques of Ortberg's work is that he pushes into more of a workspace theology. And I would argue that um, that that actually what he's talking about is are in the same way that the, uh, James uh, in his book near the end of the New Testament uh, talks about works that are driven by faith and faith that drives works. Um, I would say that Ortberg is saying the same thing. But anyway, um, Ortberg in his book, he actually starts by uh, quoting Mark Twain. I think it's a, a great quote I want to read for you. This is out of The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Maybe you read this back in middle school, and uh, maybe this is a um, kind of a, a throwback for you, but I think it's a helpful way to frame this conversation about uh, heaven and hell and eternity and, and what that looks like. Uh, in This is actually uh, Huckleberry Finn talking, and he says, the widow Douglas told me all about the bad place, and I said I wished I was there. She said I was wicked to say what I said. She was going to live so as to get to the good place. She said all a body would have to do there was go around all day long with a harp and sing forever and ever. Well, I couldn't see no advantage in going where she was going, so I made up my mind I wouldn't try for it. And I think it's a great uh, paradigm of uh, how our view of heaven really challenges our way of uh, preaching the gospel and living into the eternity that is now. Um, the widow Douglas, in Twain's view, at least, had this uh, conception of heaven 
where she would uh, quote, go around all day long with a harp and sing forever and ever. I don't know about you, uh, unquote, sorry about that. I don't know about you, but that's not exciting to me. I wouldn't be like signing up quickly for, um, wow, I get to wander around with a harp all day and sing forever for eternity. Uh, no thanks, I'm not good on the harp. That's not gonna work for me. Um, so, but I think that view of uh, the good place and the bad place and uh, that view of living in such a way that I can go to uh, just simply um, be in the presence of God and do nothing for all of eternity. Uh, there's, there's some things that are kind of fraught in there. And, and I think that becomes part of our challenge. Um, when, uh, when we think about eternity, we need to think about the the rule and reign of God. That's really the heart of the kingdom of God. As we talked about on uh, on Sunday, the effective will of God everywhere the, uh, the the effective will of God is that's the kingdom of God. Uh, so if there's a ruler, a Caesar, um, everywhere that what he says goes happens, that's the kingdom of Caesar. In the same way, wherever God says, what it, wherever it is that where what God says goes, that's the kingdom of God. And so uh, becoming a kind of person who wants that is uh, really, really important. Becoming the kind of person for whom the effective will of God, living constantly in the presence of God, um, in, the, the, in communion with God, uh, that can be a real challenge to us as we wrestle with um, what it looks like for us to want, desire heaven. Um, what Ortberg says is that the problem I often have is that I want freedom to do the things that I don't want God to see. And that's a fascinating concept because basically what, what he's saying is um, the, the way that I become a person who's ready for heaven is to live all of my life in such a way that I'm before the face of God. And uh, as I live before the face of God, I recognize that every Thought, word, and deed is open to God, not just now, but for eternity. And that's going to be my eternity. And so if I don't desire that, if I uh, am living in such a way where I'm seeking my own things, um, I, I'm going to struggle with that uh, idea of entering into the now of the kingdom of God. Now, I just want to say, that's a reality for all of us. We all wrestle with these parts of us that we'd like to keep separate from God. I know that's part of my reality. And so wrestling through that as a pathway into eternity is a great way for us to think about what's it look like for me to be uh, ready for heaven. Um, C.S. Lewis uh, once talked about heaven. I, I may have actually said this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, but C.S. Lewis talked about heaven in, in a way where he said, uh, sometimes the same place can be both heaven and hell. He used the example, he said, a heaven for mosquitoes and a hell for men could very conveniently be combined. And I, I think that's uh, part of the way that we need to understand uh, eternity is that uh, learning to live in the presence of God is a, a, a heaven for some people and a hell for others. And uh, that doesn't necessarily negate biblical teaching. It helps us to get a perspective on the idea of, of heaven and hell. Uh, the challenge that we have with heaven is that we are uh, needing to become the kind of people for whom heaven would be a place that we want to go. Um, I, if I don't want the unceasing presence of God in my life now, how would I want the unceasing presence of God for eternity? Um, that, that if I don't desire to submit myself to God now, why would I desire to submit myself to God for eternity? 
Um, it's one of the challenges that we wrestle with as we think about eternity. I, it was, I think, Willard who uh, once said that we, we think about heaven in a way of uh, as as who gets into heaven and who doesn't. And he said, um, I, I have such a high view of the grace of God. I believe that he will let everyone in who could possibly take it. And I think that's the 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 way that we have to look at it. Like the the idea of being in the presence of God doesn't start then. The idea of being in the presence of God starts now. So when Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand, what he's saying is uh, the 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 ability to live in the presence of God, in the rule and reign of God, starts now. That doesn't mean we do it perfectly. There are going to be things that we do that are outside of what God would desire for us, the best that God has for us. Um, but we need to wrestle with that as a part of that idea of repentance. So if the kingdom of God is at hand, I have the ability to live constantly in the presence of God. And yet um, uh, there's a call to repent and believe. That repentance, more than just confession, is about changing the way that I live and see the world so that I would live in the presence of God on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment kind of basis. That, That requires real effort on my part. And that's the tension that we run into with the gospel is that there is effort for me to step into the presence of God, but there is the rule and reign of God that's already happening. It's happening whether or not I enter into it. And as the reign of God happens, I'm not doing any of that work. The, the transformation is, it's all God's work. The, the beauty of the fullness of life, the joy that we receive, that's God. That's not me. I'm not generating that joy. I'm not generating uh, the peace that comes from living in the presence of God. I'm simply invited. But there is a tension that I need to enter into. God's not coming. Um, the, the illustration I use all the time is the waterfall that's, uh, that, that's 200 yards over to the left. Um, that, that water is pouring, and I'm not doing anything to generate the water that's pouring. I'm not doing anything uh, to create that flow. But what I do have to do is if I want to get wet, I'm going to have to move over to that waterfall. It's not coming to me. And in the same way, eternity that is now is the opportunity that we have to enter into the presence of God. But we need to go to him. There's a, uh, the, there, there's a freedom that he's given to us. That means that I need to step into that work. It's a lot more than, than can be contained in a 10-minute podcast, but at least it gives you a bit of a taste of eternity, and that's what um, my hope was for today. I pray that the grace and peace of Jesus would be yours, that as you go into this weekend, a part of that taste of eternity, that uh, intentional presence of God would be Sabbath rest, stopping and trusting him, resting in him uh, as we move uh, closer and closer to uh, the beauty that is uh, Jesus of Nazareth. Uh, Have a great rest of the weekend. Um, I will look forward to being with you, back with you on Sunday as we do uh, part two of this introduction into the proclamation of the gospel, the preaching of the gospel. Uh, Can't wait to be with you and uh, can't wait to be back on East Coast time. So looking forward to that as well. Uh, Have a great weekend and uh, we'll see many of you on Sunday. Grace and peace to you.